Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today, we are going to be discussing something that makes me very happy, which is books. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't done this kind of thing before. Ooh. Mm, Always movies. And Tara and I are big book people. Mm -hmm. I have a problem. I collect books. And then anytime that I move, it's a pain in the ass because like people will be like, what is in this box? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you. Mm -hmm. But life hack if you have a rolly suitcase, you can put your books in your rolly suitcase and then you can roll them. I like that. Yeah, that's how I moved my books. Nice. Of course, they are of the spooky nature because, you know, that's what we do. We are the the spooky people, the spooky queens. And so all the books that are on this list, Tara found mm-hmm. and put on here for us. Some of them we've read. Some of them we are reading. <laughs> So nobody posts any spoilers or Jessica will murder you. <laughs> yeah, I will be I will be committing crimes and Tara will be reporting on the podcast. <sighs> mm-hmm. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> love not violence. Okay, so I'm going to hand it over to Tara. She's going to do our first book reco. Yes. Okay. So number one is a book I very much love and Jessica just started. So yeah. Okay. Also, disclaimer. All of the descriptions, I went ahead and just went on Goodreads and grabbed those for the descriptions because, like, I don't want to give anybody spoilers, you know? So this is spoiler free. Okay, so number one is The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling, a.k.a. the thriller author Rachel Hawkins. So The Wife Upstairs, she wrote that. Another great book. I don't know why. I didn't ever look into it as to why. But yes, apparently she has like a pen name for maybe she's trying to separate the two genres. I don't know. But yeah. Hey. All right. I don't I truly don't know if anyone knows you can let us know. (laughs) Anyways. So this book is about it says nine years ago, Vivian Jones nursed her broken heart like any young witch would. Vodka, weepy music, bubble baths and a curse on a horrible boyfriend. Sure, Vivi knew she shouldn't use her magic this way. But with only an orchard hayride scented candle on hand, she isn't too worried it will cause him anything more than a bad hair day or two. That's until Reese Penhollow 
descendant of the town's ancestors, breaker of hearts, and annoyingly just as gorgeous as he always was, returns to Graves Glen, Georgia. What should be a quick trip to recharge the town's ley lines and make an appearance at the annual fall festival turns disastrously wrong. With one calamity after another striking Reese, Vivi realizes her silly little ex-hex may not have been so harmless after all. Suddenly, Graves Glen is under attack from murderous wind-up toys, a pissed-off ghost, and a talking cat with some interesting things to say. Vivi and Reese have to ignore their off-the-charts chemistry to work together to save the town and find a way to break the breakup curse before it is too late. Also, asterisk, if you've read this or you're planning on reading it, the sequel, which I didn't grab the blurb for because I, I was worried it would kind of like, I didn't want to spoil the X-Hex or anything like that, is called The Kiss Curse, and that comes out September 19th. I am so fucking excited. And I have read this one. Jess is reading it right now. It is, it's great. It's, it's like, what did it remind? So the beginning, the part where they're talking about where she does the curse reminds me of like practical magic vibes a little bit. I was getting that that kind of vibes. I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh. Java House cold brews all their coffee because it makes a better cup of coffee. Described by consumers as smooth and flavorful with no bitterness. If you don't know what cold brewing is, it's the process of slowly steeping roasted coffee grounds in chilled water for 12 to 24 hours. The cold water gently extracts flavor from the Java House beans for a reduced bitterness and ideal smoothness. Java House has lots of options for you spooksters, including pods, on tap, and bottled concentrate. All of these focus on ease and convenience. You can pour yourself a quick cup over ice or create cafe-style lattes from home with ease. Java House promotes creating delicious and affordable coffee from home. You can skip the coffee shop drive through lines and still get a craft cup of cold brew. I love cold brew so, so much. I'm one of those people who need a cold brew a day. And since I've substituted Java House into my life, it has been phenomenal. I love the on tap feature because I can just get up, go to my fridge, pour it into my cup, mix it with a little my little creamer, and it's totally amazing. I also love that I can take my pods to work and still make delicious tasting iced coffee without having to worry about taking up space in my mini fridge under my desk. The cold brew on tap fits comfortably in a fridge and serves a delicious iced coffee on tap. A gallon of smooth cold brew and an easy access box. Available in medium and dark roast. For clarification, espresso roast is dark roast coffee, not the actual espresso. Brew pods, a perfect travel size companion. These little 1.3 ounce pods make a rich cup of coffee by adding 8 ounces of water. Sealed tightly to avoid bursting in your bag or backpack. Available in light, medium, dark, and decaf roasts. I will say I love these pods. They're so great. And I'm so excited. I have a trip, a work trip coming up in October, and I will definitely be bringing these, not just for me, but for my work crew. For our fellow caffeine-loving spooksters, head to javahouse.com and use code SPOOKEDGIRLS for 10% off. Please run. Please do this. It will change your life. I've gotten that far. I've gotten to yes. basically the part where he's like being told he's going back to his home t- or to this town. Like mm-hmm. that's it. That's mm-hmm. as far as I've gotten. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely good. <laughs> Obviously recommend. It's a fun little read for sure. It's like very rom commy, but spooky. I'm excited for mm-hmm. it. Okay. So our second book is Payback's a Witch, which we did this, I think, last year as a book of the like our book club oh the book club picks Mm -hmm. yeah 
Which would make sense why I bought it on Audible. (laughs) (laughs) So it's by Lana Harper. Emily Harlow is a witch, but she's not a very powerful one. In part because she hasn't been home to her magical town of Thistle Grove in years. What's with the groves? I guess it just sounds like enchanted and spooky. So they're like, yes, my town must be grove related. (laughs) (laughs) Her self-imposed exile has a lot to do with a complicated family history and a desire to forge her own way in the world. And the tiniest to do with Gareth Blackmore, (laughs) heir to the most powerful magical family in town, casual breaker of hearts and destroyer of dreams. I like this so far. (laughs) But when a spell casting tournament that her family serves as arbitrators for approaches, it turns out the pull of tradition or the truly impressive parental guilt trip that comes with it is strong enough to bring Emmy back. She's determined to do her family duties, spend some quality time with her best friend, Lyndon Thorne, and get back to her real life in Chicago. On her first night home, Emmy runs into Talia Avermov, Mm -hmm. an all-around badass adept in the darker magical arts, who is fresh off a bad breakup with Gareth Blackmore. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Talia had let herself be charmed only to discover that Gareth was also seeing Lyndon. I know. <laughs> Late gasp. Unbeknownst <laughs> to either of them. Well, that makes sense. And now she and Lyndon mm-hmm. want revenge. The only question stands, is Emmy in? But most concerning of all, why can't she stop thinking about the terrifyingly competent, devastatingly gorgeous, wickedly charming Talia Avermov? Yes. This is Ooh. a WLW book, BT dubs. This is the other one I have read. <laughs> uh, or not read. Uh, well, listen to on, on Audible. See, Jessica and I were talking about that beforehand. Do you guys count Audible books as reading or do you not? I think it should because it's consuming mm-hmm. books. I agree. I agree. But anyways, I also read that one. I think those are the only two that I've read so far. But very good. Very good. I like it. And I believe they have a sequel coming out too soon. I, I didn't. I Ooh. forgot to look. But Yes. Okay, number three is The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. Florence Day is the ghostwriter for one of the most prolific romance authors in the industry, and she has a problem. After a terrible breakup, she no longer believes in love. It's as good as dead. When her new editor, a too handsome mountain man of a man, won't give her an extension on her book deadline, Florence prepares to kiss her career goodbye. But then she gets a phone call she never wanted to receive, and she must return home for the first time in a decade to help her family bury her beloved father. For 10 years, she's run from the town that never understood her, and even though she misses the sound of a warm southern night and her eccentric loving family and their funeral parlor, she can't bring herself to stay. Even with her father gone, it feels like nothing in this town has changed, and she hates it. Until she finds a ghost standing at the funeral parlor's front door just as broad and infuriatingly handsome as ever, and he's just as confused about why he's there as she is. Romance is most certainly dead, but so is her new editor, and his unfinished business with her will have her second-guessing everything she's ever known about love stories. A disillusioned millennial ghost writer who, quite literally, has some ghosts of her own, has to find her way back home. That one just sounds really cute. It does. That one I didn't see on Book Talk. That one I just, like when I was searching spooky books because I'm making my October list of books uh-huh. I want to read. 
So I'm like also doubling this. I was like, I'm going to share this with you guys. And then this is also probably what I'm reading next month. (laughs) Makes sense. So, you know, all good. All good. All right. Okay. So our next book is Suburban Hell by Maureen Kilmer. Amy Foster considers herself lucky. After she left the city and moved to the suburb, she found her place quickly with neighbors Liz, Jess, and Melissa snarking together in the outskirts of the PTA crowd. One night during their monthly wine get-together, the crew concocted a plan for a clubhouse she shed in Liz's backyard, a space just for them, no spouses or kids allowed. But the night after they christened the she shed, things start to feel, giant ellipses, off. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't expect Liz's little home improvement project to release a demonic force that turns their quiet in-cave into something out of a nightmare. And that's before the Homeowners Association gets wind of it. Huh, HOA is a horror story by itself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Even the calmest moms can't justify the strange burn marks, self-moving dolls, and horrible Mm. smells surrounding their possessed (laughs) friend, Liz. Oh my god, poor Liz! Liz, take a shower! (laughs) I know you're evil, but fuck! Get it together. (laughs) I almost was like, who the, like, the next line was like, together, Amy, Jess, and Melissa. And I was like, who the hell is Amy? And then I realized she's the main character. (laughs) it's fine together amy jess and melissa must fight the evil spirit to save liz and the neighborhood ellipses before the suburbs go completely to hell that sounds fun dude yes i found that one that one ended up on the list because i found it at target because of course they got like a whole spooky season book section together so i bought that one the cover is amazing. It's great. I love it. It's like a uh, like a hand coming out of the ground, and it's all scary and creepy and stuff. It's fun. I love it. Kind of like pop arty a little bit, but yeah. So this next one I also found at Target. It is called, and I bought it. It is the Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. So. It is, as one of the few witches in Britain, Mika Moon knows she has to hide her magic, keep her head down, and stay away from other witches so their powers don't mingle and draw attention. And as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's, she's used to being alone and following the rules. With one exception, an online account where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take it seriously, but someone does. An unexpected message arrives begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious Nowhere House to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all of the rules, but Mika goes anyway, and is immediately tangled in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers, and Jamie, the handsome and prickly library of Nowhere House who would do anything to protect the children. And as far as he's concerned, a stranger like Mika is a threat, an irritatingly appealing threat. As Mika begins to find her place at Nowhere House, the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility. But magic isn't the only danger in the world, and when a threat comes knocking at their door, Mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for. Da da da. <laughs> yes. The cover was also cute on this one, so I was like, uh, cute, spooky book. Yes, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> that's just how I, that's just how shit happens for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here yeah. for it. It usually works out. <laughs> I mean, I have often bought books because I liked the cover, and then I've read the book, and I'm like, well, the cover was cuter than the book. Yeah, I've been there. It happens sometimes. 
I'm also like, oh, since I can say this, are you a I will buy the movie poster book or have to buy the original cover art book buyer? I don't think I really care. Unless the original is like better, in my opinion, then yeah. There are people out there, and I I know these people, that will Mm -hmm. not read the book if it has the movie poster because they think it's a sellout at that point. And I'm like, like, they're just trying to make more money. And I'm like, and? Right. That means the book was successful, so. Right. (laughs) And if we're at this point, like, it's fine. Like, if you're only buying a book now that it's a movie. You're a little late. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure, seats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our next book is called Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. This also has a cute cover. Sorry. <laughs> I will say, like, when I read the name Reggie Johnson, I was like, oh, I definitely was thinking, like, big basketball player and not, or baseball player or whoever, not who it was. Okay. When, <laughs> no. when Reggie Johnson answers a job ad in the paper, she's astonished to find out she's not applying to work for her favorite card game, Spellcraft, The Magic Inc. Instead, she's applying to be an actual familiar for an actual witch, as in real magic. (gasps) The new job has a few perks, great room and board, excellent pay, and she's apprenticing for a powerful witch. Sure, the witch is a bit eccentric. Sure, there's an issue with a black cat Reggie would prefer to forget about. The biggest problem, however, is warlock Ben Magnus her employer's nephew, and the most arrogant, insufferable, maddening man to ever cast a spell. Reggie absolutely hates him. He's handsome, but he's also bossy and irritating, and orders <laughs> her around. Ben's butt might look great in a... <laughs> I loved it. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. Ben's butt might look great in a crystal ball vision, but as far... <laughs> but that's as far as it goes. When someone with a vendetta targets the household, she finds herself working with Ben to break a deadly curse. Apparently, when they're not fighting like cats and dogs, things get downright bewitching. Ooh, Yeah, that one I uh, keep seeing at bookstores and stuff. So I was like, all right, I'll give that a go. All right. So number seven is actually what I picked for my book of the month book this month. So it is called Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. Oh, we think I did too. Ooh, yeah, it has a fun cover as well. All right. Billy, Mary Alice, Helen, and Natalie have worked for the museum, an elite network of assassins, for 40 years. Now their talents are considered old school and no one appreciates what they have to offer in an age that relies more on technology than people skills. When the foursome is set on an all-expenses-paid vacation to mark their retirement, they are targeted by one of their own. Only the board, the top-level members of the museum, can order the termination of field agents and the women realize that they've been marked for death. Now, to get out alive, they have to turn against their own organization, relying on experience and each other to get the job done. Knowing that working together is the secret to their survival, they're about to teach the board what it really means to be a woman and a killer of a certain age. I just thought it sounded so fun. It is. I have never read anything like that before, so I was like, yes. I picked this one because of the cover. Oh, yeah, the cover as well. That's just the theme. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have interesting covers, all of the options I picked. So, ooh, just kidding. Another one down the list later. I did read. I lied. Okay, so I've read like three out of the ten. But that's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Good. Okay, the next one. This one has a cute this cover cute. as well. This is the current book club 
book right now. Oh, Mm -hmm. it is called Love in the Time of Serial Killers. Alicia Thompson. Turns out reading nothing but true crime isn't exactly conducive to modern dating. And one woman is going to have to learn how to give love a chance when she's supposed to be suspecting the worst. PhD candidate Phoebe Walsh has always been obsessed with true crime. She's even analyzing the genre for her dissertation, if she can manage to finish writing it. It's hard to find the time while she spends the summer in Florida cleaning out her childhood home, dealing with her obnoxiously good-natured younger brother, and grippling with the complicated feelings of mourning a father she hadn't had a relationship with in years. It doesn't help that she low-key is convinced her new neighbor, Sam Dennings, is a serial killer. He might be business casual by day, but at night, he's clearly up to something. It's not long before Phoebe realizes that Sam might be something much scarier. A genuinely nice guy Ah. who could pierce her armor to reach her vulnerable heart. Hmm. Or he's a Bundy. I actually was hoping he would be a serial killer. Hey, we never know. Never know. We never know. We got to read the book to find out. All right. So this one, if you're on Book Talk, you've heard about it forever ago, but it's fine because it was fucking great. Number nine is Verity by Colleen Hoover. It is currently her only thriller, but like she's getting another book. She's getting um, It Ends With Us turned into a movie. This one needs to be a fucking movie. Like, let me fucking tell you. And she's about to release a special edition hardback of this. And it has a whole extra chapter. And it's like big ass chapters. Not just like, oh, here's 10 pages. No, it's like a lot, apparently. So I always love when they're like, oh, bonus content. And then you like (laughs) read the bonus content. And it's just like three pages of a character description. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is going to spill some tea because the ending is very like, what the fuck? I won't won't say anything. (gasps) It's exciting. Okay. Good. Love it. Okay. Lowen Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts the job offer of a lifetime. Jeremy Crawford, the husband of best-selling author Verity Crawford, has hired Lowen to complete the remaining books in a successful series his injured wife is unable to finish. Lowen arrives at the Crawford home, ready to sort through years of Verity's notes and outlines, hoping to find enough material to get her started. What Lowen doesn't expect is to uncover in the chaotic office is an unfinished autobiography Verity never intended for anyone to read. Page after page of the bone-chilling admissions, including Verity's recollection of what really happened the day her daughter died. Lowen decides to keep the manuscript hidden from Jeremy, knowing its contents would devastate the already grieving father. But as Lowen's feelings for Jeremy begin to intensify, she recognizes all the ways she could benefit if he were to read his wife's words. After all, no matter how devoted Jeremy is to his injured wife, a truth this horrifying would make it impossible for him to continue to love her. Aww. It's a really good fucking book. It It is. Nice. It is not overhyped. It was fucking great. That's good. I know, yes. like, Tara knows me, like, basically, like, I read between the months of September and, like, February, and then no other mm-hmm. part of the year. It is very hard yeah. for me to get, like, a book <laughs> read any other moment of the year. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just happens that way. Yeah. Year after year. <laughs> It's okay. (laughs) It's fine. It's my fall reading and winter reading. I think I own this next book. I have not read it, but I Yeah, it's a book of the month club one. Yeah. I have it too. It's called Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier. When Paris Peralta is arrested in her own bathroom, covered in blood, holding a straight razor, 
her celebrity husband dead in a bathtub behind her. She knows she'll be charged with murder. But as bad as this looks, it's not what she's worried about the most. With the unwanted media attention now surrounding her, it's only a matter of time before someone from her long-hidden past recognizes her and destroys the new life she worked so hard to build, along with any chance of a future. 25 years earlier, Ruby Reyes, known as the Ice Queen, was convicted of a similar murder in a trial that riveted Canada in the early 90s. Reyes knows who Paris really is, and when she's unexpectedly released from prison, she threatens to expose all of Paris' secrets. Okay, can I just say that right now I'm picturing Paris Geller? (laughs) Left with no other choice, Paris must confront the dark past she escaped, once and for all. Because the only thing worse than a murder charge are two murder charges. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny to me. I mean, yes. (laughs) You're right. I mean, or I think anything past one murder charge is terrifying. One is enough. Mm. Facts. All right, that's it. That is it. We hope you guys enjoyed this book mm-hmm. inspired by Tara's For You page of Book Talk. Yes. And then me finding other ones. Yes, right. yes, yes. And if you have read any of these books, let us know. Or if you have some spooky kind of fun or, you know. Fun suggestions. Recommendations. Yeah, we yeah. would love and to. And if you guys it. like this, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today. We will see you guys back here on Monday for another episode. Bye, guys. Mm, bye. Bye.